Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to Cougar Sports with Ben Crittle, and it's time for a Cougar Insider Report. Now let's get that proprietary inside scoop on Cougar Sports from Crittle. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Crittle, broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com studios. Stop living with ED, live without it today at Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com. It is time for that Cougar Insider Report brought to you by Wasatch Medical Clinic. If you're suffering from ED, just make an appointment. Get evaluated uh, and uh, get a free consultation, education, and ultrasound. Uh, they're going to teach you about pulse wave technology. They'll teach you about what's going on within your own body. If you're suffering from ED, get off the pill and uh, give them a call. Set up an appointment today, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. All right, let's welcome in a former BYU great, one of the best to have done it, uh, one of the best performances in, uh, in in BYU football NFL combine history, a freak athlete, uh, the creator of the XPT trainer. I just bought one. I just brought, it's being delivered to my home as we speak. Uh, Super Bowl champion, author, mentor, and a great football analyst. Let's welcome in B Pop Brady Pinga to the show. What's up, Brady? What's up, Ben? Uh, excited to join, Benny. Always excited hey. to be with you. Hey, I appreciate you joining me, man. Hey, I'm excited for that half rack XPT, man. Getting that set up in my my home gym, getting me back in shape so I can go to failure again. Yeah, it's hard. it's going to be hard to go to go back to traditional weights. So trust me, I, if I'm on vacation or something and there's no XBT, I'm like, wow, this stuff is old school, and I <laughs> by far don't get the same kind of workout. So you're you're going to have that kind of experience, man. It's like you get introduced to technology. It's hard to to revert back to your old ways, which is good. I think you're going to absolutely love it. I'm I'm excited for it, Brady. It'll get me back into better shape, no doubt. B-Pop, uh, let's get into this Super Bowl. Give me overall thoughts on the Super Bowl entertainment uh, that we saw this past weekend. Wow, what an amazing game. Because you saw basically two MVP caliber quarterbacks just pulling it out. I mean, Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he can run, he can do all that kind of stuff. But for Rose, he was making and completing like that one to Goddard that I thought initially it was incomplete. Even Andy Reid, he challenged it. An amazing out route. And I know that coverage. I mean, that's just cover two. I mean, you got an over-the-top safety, and then you got undercover corner just just kind of sinking. Uh, expecting, obviously, you know, they're playing the sticks, expecting something at the sticks. So the defense was perfectly paced, but it was just great offense. And there was at least two or three other throws from Hurts that were equally as impressive. And then his ability to run, and obviously those QB sneaks. You know, all this. When I watch it too, and I'm thinking in my head, if you put Taysom in that same offense, you're probably seeing the same results. You know, you got with J- Jalen Hurts. You know, that's just kind of how the NFL rolls. And then on the other side with Pat Mahomes, man, holy cow! To go through that, I don't know. Have you had a high ankle sprain like that before, Ben? Yeah, I had a grade one high ankle sprain uh, in my senior year. I was out. It, since it was grade one, I was only out for about two weeks. 
Yeah, I had a grade three, and I tore my ACL. You know, I've reconstructed twice, a bunch of other injuries, and that and that ankle injury is like the worst and most painful injury I've ever had. It made me want to puke. That's how yeah. painful it is. So when I'm seeing Pat Mahomes just wince and then play the way he did in spite of that injury was just blew my mind because you know every time he steps up on it, it's just excruciating pain. And here he is. All of his production didn't even puff. And then he leads his team to win. That to me, it's not only one of the greatest performances in Super Bowl or NFL history, I believe it's one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in athletics, uh, what he had to deal with and the way he performed. Yeah, especially being a quarterback, right? That 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 back foot creating torque, that external rotation of the toe, that just separates that syndesmosis, that connective tissues between the, the, the shin bone and the small uh, small bone, the fibula. B-Pop, did we lose you? You there? May have lost B-Pop. Man no. down. This is good. We lost. We got to reconnect. Can't lose the B-Pop. Yeah, Brady Pabinga. Isn't Brady your favorite interview? Yes. Like, rank, rank out your favorite interviewer. Brady Pabinga would be on top. I, okay. I also love talking to Tyler Haas about basketball. Yeah, Tyler Haas is great. Mark Durant's always fantastic. Love Mark. You have really, really good guests, consistent guests that come on. Love Cameron Jensen whenever he's on. Stupendous. I, I it's really hard because there's a lot of guys. John where do you Beck, rank obviously. John? Yeah, where do you rank? Yeah, John? John's easily top five. Yeah, yeah, easily, right? I, but to me, Brady Popping is the best guy you have on. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's entertaining. He's insightful, and he don't care. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brady Papinga back on the line. Sorry we lost you there, B Pop. Oh no worries. Yeah, just a little stretch of bad cell phone reception, but uh, I'm out of it now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to me it was phenomenal just because he still was so effective running and moving in spite of the pain he was having to deal with. And, and, and the thing that people don't realize, and this happens all the time, especially with NFL players, because at the end of it all, you're going to be judged as if you're healthy if you play hurt. Yep. And so there's a lot of guys that have to see if they go out and play hurt because they feel committed, you know, they're trying to be tough that they really show everybody how hurt they are so they don't get unfairly judged. And sometimes it becomes such a mental block that they're just not even functional. You know, with, and you can see with Pat, he didn't even care. He just went out there and let it rip and just, you know, basically just lifted a team on his back. And it didn't, it didn't matter what kind of pain he was going through. It didn't even matter if he's falling flat on his face or whatever. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. I, I, I just have to – my hat's off to him because as, as great as the performance Jalen Hurts was, you know, Patrick's was so much more unbelievable just because of the pain he was having to deal with every single step, every single – every time – basically it was constant discomfort and pain, yet here he is, you know, just delivering dying. And at the end there he had that unbelievable scramble that I'm just thinking in my head. I was like, every step, push off. He's yeah. just an excruciating, you know, you know, that pain that just digs deep into your gut that you can just, it's like a big old knot in your gut, and he's just battling through. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. Brady Papinga on the line, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. What were some of your key plays to the game? Um, I know everyone's talking about the hold. I think the the, the 
Uh, the unforced fumble scoop score was probably the most pivotal play. There were some the short yardage situations. Obviously, the scramble that you mentioned with uh, Pat Mahomes and and maybe a missed field goal here. I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's some 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 key plays. What were some of the key plays of the game? Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it started with that, the fumble with Perch. You know, that that really turned it because the Eagles were just dominating. I mean, it, it looked like they were going to just take the game over and then put the Chiefs basically in that, hey, we got to pass the ball every single down kind of mode, which that's playing right into the hands of that defense because the weakness of that Philadelphia Eagles defense has been, it still is today, they didn't address it, stopping the run and then also having to play basically two ways, meaning they got to be strong against the run and then also they got to be able to hold up against play-action passes. And they, they haven't done that all year, and they haven't really had to do it. So that, that was huge, just because the style of the game still could play in the favor of the Chiefs. Uh, other ones, I thought the second half, when the Eagles had the ball, and I, I know it was on their side of the field, so a lot of people may not think that you know this that it's smart to do, but it was fourth and two. And if you look at their percentages on plays of two yards or less, regardless of where it's at on the field, I mean, they're, they're like 90-some percent. And you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. I just – I don't know why they just didn't line up, man, in that, that really, you know, yeah. scrum look and just quarterback and I mean, to me, it was just an automatic. Like, anything that's fourth down and two minus for them, to me, is like if you play the percentages, they're far more – in, especially the whole season as your, your sample size. They're far – you're – the risk of you giving it up and then giving up points is far less than the probability that you're going to gain those two yards based on how well they do that. So I thought that by Nick Sirianni and his staff, because you got you got to understand that there's a lot of statistic guys there that will tell them, like, look, we're 95% success rate on this play. I mean, if I could tell anybody, hey, you got a 95% success uh, of doing anything, I think every single person, regardless of the situation, would jump at that. So I'll take that. I'll take those odds any day. So I thought that was a little oversight to, to play the odds, and I believe that would have at least helped them possess the ball longer. And as you saw the first half when the Eagles were on the field basically the whole the first half, which it's helped by that fumble recovery for the touchdown, the, uh, an offense is very rhythmic. And guys like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, all these guys that you know are used to seeing big, gaudy statistics, they get crazy. Because you know how every every stadium has a statistical like breakdown of what's going on, and when you're looking at that scoreboard and you're and you're Patrick Mahomes in the first half, and you've only thrown for like 70 yards, and you have maybe one touchdown, you get antsy and you start maybe pushing things into double coverage. You start pressing. You start you know when when there's the run pass checks, you start leaning towards the pass, and all of a sudden you're playing right into the hands of the defense. So that that to me was huge in the second half that that they got that they just punted. You know, they they just let the, the Chiefs' defense off the hook. And then, yeah, the holding call was the most pivotal. But I want everybody to understand this. You know, every single training camp that I, that, that I was in the NFL, and then, you know, and it's just an exercise every team does, is you'll get an officiating crew that will come in. And what they'll do is they'll have – they will officiate a bunch of your practices, but before they do, they're going to have a sit-down meeting with you as a team. And they're going to go over the rule changes and emphasis that are being made, like in 2005, the big emphasis was, hey, there's not going to be any contact beyond five yards. In 2009, 2010, a huge emphasis was the holding. 
And basically what we were told, and it was Gene Serator and his staff in 2010, he said, we don't care where on the field it is. We don't care what time of game of, you know, what kind, what time of the game it is. We don't care even if it restricts the player that you're defending. But if we see a stretched out jersey, the flag is automatically coming out. And if you look at all the times that holding has been called, that is the one indicator that will trigger the flag every single time. And if you look at that play from that angle where the ref was, guess what? The, the jersey was stretched, and he saw it. Yeah. Because the key, as you know, Ben, is to hide those things. That's what the yeah. corner has been trying to do. And everybody will say, well, why don't they call that all the time? Well, they would if they could see it. If you're a really savvy corner like Charles Woodson, now he's a phenomenal athlete and all those kinds of things, but one of the biggest reasons – why he's in the Hall of Fame, because he was phenomenal at hiding, holding guys. Refs couldn't see it, so they never could call it. And so, to me, that that was huge, but it was the exact right call, and it's been what every single team for the last 10, 12, 13 years has been very clearly communicated. That's why why that corner for the Eagles, he he admitted it. He's like, I held him. You know, I mean, he knew it. Everybody knows it. So, you know, I hear I hear these you know this conversation about tic-tac fouls. You don't call it at the end of the game. I get that, but if for for over a decade, if if you as a player have been warned by an official like, hey, if we see this, the flag's coming out like a trigger. I mean, sure. it doesn't matter. I mean, you you've been warned multiple times. So, uh, you know, I mean that that call was very fair. You know, it wasn't like all of a sudden this new emphasis that was invented in the Super Bowl that nobody knew about. I mean, this is going on for decades, um, over a decade. So, mm-hmm. those were the big plays. Uh, like I said, I do feel like, you know, Andy Reid was a little bit more of a re- not. He wasn't reckless with like riverboat gambling kind of thing, but he was just more aggressive. You know, he'd been in there before. Nick Sirianni was like, I, I felt that one play was a little too conservative, and in those kind of tight games, that ends up being the difference. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting commentary on Andy being there, having been there a few times now, getting his Super Bowl victory under his belt, the aggressive nature that he took and some of the shots he took offensively. Uh, Andy Reid getting the dub like that. What does it mean to see another uh, former Cougar uh, be uh, in in the Super Bowl limelight once again? I love it. You know, I love uh, you know seeing guys like Matt Bushman and Zane Anderson also being part of that and you know, just anybody that you can relate to to see him. Just anybody in general. I like to see people who who look, you know, that look like they pay the price and they 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 try hard and, and they sacrifice be successful. You know, I mean, there's enough success to go around for everybody, uh, but especially people you know, it, it means something a little different because it kind of validates too your your own position. You know, like he's mm-hmm. implementing what he learned at BYU under Leva Edwards. You know, what what stuff. You know traditions that you and I, Ben, when we were players at BYU, we wanted to carry on. So there's a connection there that's cool, and it's great to still see it in 2023 that those same principles that made BYU football one of the greatest football programs in the country still work. You know, it works in the all levels. You know, and yeah. so I, I and I love how Andy coaches. Every single one of his players love him, but he's also very. Uh, I mean, he's not like a dictator, but he's a very principally based coach in the sense that. You know, he's going to require discipline out of your players. He's cutthroat, man. He'll, he'll cut guys, he'll bench guys without even warning if, if you don't with you know uphold those kinds of standards. But uh, but I, I also love how he's completely customized that offense around Mahomes and what he's done well. I mean, basically, he, 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 he's basically converted from the traditional West Coast, which you know, fullback and 
you line up in a lot of two tight end sets or one tight end or pro sets and do this. And he went to the air raid offense. You know, he basically started copying what, you know, Pat Holmes did in college. And I get, I always get a kick out of that, you know, and that's just, and I saw on the other side of the ball, Nick Sirianni too, where he's, him and his staff have done that with Jalen Hurts. Cause you guys know all my, my, uh, you know, my little, uh, my, my rants about Taysom and, you know, him mm-hmm. not getting an opportunity in the right scheme, you know. So you know how, how big of a deal it is to me to have scheme fit, you know. And I think yeah. Andy Reid offensively does that as well as anybody in terms of building schemes and picking players that just will thrive in those schemes. And and it's beautiful to see it. It's beautiful to see it validated in the form of winning championships. Yeah, I love that perspective. Brady Papinga here on ESPN 960. A couple last things, B-Pop, before we let you go. Speaking of... Uh, fitting within the scheme and molding it around the talent that you have. Uh, you've mentioned a few times about Zach Wilson, how they could utilize him a little bit better. I know Mike is out. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator in New York. What's the best situation for, for Zach, do you think? Is it staying in New York, or would it be nice uh, for him to be traded elsewhere? And and uh, is there an ideal location for him in the NFL, do you think, with his skill set, his talents, his his uh, his abilities. Well, I think the best thing for him is to first get into a scheme that fits his his play style, uh, and and also it fits the circumstances. He does not have a very good pass pro offensive line. They're actually kind of at the bottom of the league. I watched them; they're very poor. So, any quarterback that sit that's required to sit in the pocket is going to have problems. Uh, and that, with that personnel, now I'm sure they're going to try to upgrade the you know offensive line as they do every year. Uh, but the thing that you we've always seen with Zach in college, even saw it when plays broke down and he's now on the move, is he's phenomenal on the move because he's so athletic and he can throw off all different planes and he can throw running to his left, running to his right, running back, forward, and all you know in all different directions. He's phenomenal and he's accurate and he makes throws that. You know, remind you guys like Patrick Mahomes. And so the fact that they don't try to go out of their way to move him just by circumstance is crazy. You know, this was last year. I'm sure Nathaniel Hackett, who's the new OC, is going to have a say about this. And the other thing is, it just it fits his, his skill set. It's just what he does really well. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, he did that really good in college. Well, why don't we do that thing with him here? Because that's what made him attractive enough for us to get him at number two. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. This isn't rocket science. Um so I, my thing is, is stay where you're at. Let's see what happens with this new offensive coordinator. Ideally, too, I think it'd be a good idea to get a veteran in there, to where he can compete with that veteran, and uh, and do it in a way to yeah. where he doesn't feel the pressure, like he has to take over the face of the franchise. He can do it more from that kind of underdog position, just like Aaron did for a number of years with Brett Favre, and uh, and and they love that. You know, I mean, you. Playing scout team is a really good way to hone your skills because you're playing against the starting guys every single day. And I saw it work with Aaron to where, you know, that was his best training was facing us when I was, you know, with the Packers when we were, you know, the starting group every single day in practice. Uh, Even though he's running the scout team kind of looks, he was still doing what he's used to doing, and and it really helped him. You know, so I think that'll help Zach because it's in this non-pressure situation. You're on scout team. There's, like, nothing to lose. You're playing against the starters go out and beat them you know go out and, and make it hard on them and then make it hard on the starting quarterback so I, I i'm a big fan of let's get a big veteran in there if it's aaron Rodgers, i think that'd be a phenomenal fit for zach yeah. i think zach has a an affinity for aaron um you know aaron's most 
likely going to be playing one or two more years unless something crazy happens and he pulls Tom Brady, which uh, I'm not sure that's his his position in life. Um, you know, Garoppolo, I don't know if he's the kind of guy. Because the, the great thing about Aaron is Aaron's been in this position already where he was the understudy. And the, uh, and the guy that he was learning from, Brett Favre, didn't want to teach him anything. I don't know if you know this, but Brett Favre was immediately asked what he thought about picking Aaron in the first round, and he says it's not in my contract to teach young quarterbacks. My job is to be the starting quarterback and to go play. And he oh was very God. difficult to Aaron, very difficult. You know, I mean, a quick story is, you know, at our rookie training camp, you know, they'd always pass memorabilia around the locker room for you to sign, and, that you know, it'd usually be for auctions or charitable contribution kind of situations. And all of a sudden, Brett, he's walking around with this helmet. And he's having to sign it. And I remember grabbing it, and I looked at it like, man, this is a really – because usually they have those, like, hutch helmets, you know, that are, like, the replicas. I was like, man, this looks like one of our helmets, dude. I, but I didn't ask. You know, I thought maybe, you know, Brett's donating one of his helmets. And so, you know, it's all signed. And sure enough, we, run, we go out to practice, and I hear this huge roar on the other side of the field. And here comes Aaron with his helmet signed by the whole team, you know. So, you know, it's just, it's just those kind of little things that – you know, I do believe that that helped Aaron because all he had to do was sit back and watch Brett. Brett didn't have to teach Aaron anything. You know, basically all Aaron did was sit back and say, oh, I'm going to copy him here, I'm going to copy him there. Oh, he throws into double coverage a lot. I'm not going to do that. You know, and that's all Zach Wilson would need to do if he had Aaron there. And Aaron wouldn't even need to give any effort to teach Zach. He could just do his thing and Zach, I'm, you know, he'd absorb it all and it'd be great. That's why I would hope it would be somebody more like Aaron versus, you know, mm. you know Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo going to New York. So I like where he's at. I like Nathaniel Hackett. It's very, very obvious how he, he needs to be used, and I, I do believe those coaches will do it. And then let's see who comes in there as a vet. They could uh, have him learn under. Yeah. I, I would love to see that, and I know Zach would, would most definitely love to see that as well. B-Pop, always a pleasure, man. Always a blessing to have you on the show. I'm excited for my XPT half rack. I was just watching uh, before we yeah. had you on uh, a YouTube video on it. Um, and uh, that multi-planner Smith machine, um, it's like a multi-planner Smith machine with the ability to go to failure, uh, locking mechanism wherever you're at in the lift. Uh, how would you describe it for those that haven't been able to get their hands on the XPT uh, the rack or half rack? Yeah, it's very simple. It's the user's ability to start and stop the bar on demand. That's the beauty of it. And so you don't have to worry about spotting. You don't have to waste any mental energy on any other thing than just getting stronger and more powerful. And uh, that's why it's so nice to use because you're not worried about those sticky situations of getting stuck or having the bar not hook correctly if it's, you know, trying to put it back on a bench press or even a squat. So there's a, there's a lot of real real nice benefits that make it a luxury you know so you're gonna love it ben i really believe you're gonna have a big good time with it stoked for it man we'll chat with you again soon thanks for hopping on today always a pleasure buddy we'll be in touch man all right thank you brady papinga ladies and gentlemen uh g-man what are your thoughts well, Anything? He, t- he touched on nathaniel hackett being the new oc for zach wilson the new york jets i'm not that high on nathaniel hackett you look at his resume, he was a fired offensive coordinator from the Jaguars, caught on with the Packers. I mean, legendary quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks can make an OC look really good, sure. right? 
I mean, what he did with the Broncos was, oh, he couldn't get anything out of Russell Wilson. I don't believe the narrative that Russell Wilson's just done, and, and that's, mm-hmm. no, I don't buy that at all. I think there were tremendous problems within that team, and it makes me nervous that he's now the OC for the Jets. I, I don't, <laughs> I have a lot of an- anxious thoughts about that. I, I don't know if he's the right guy. To, to bring Zach Wilson out. I mean, if they get Aaron Rodgers there, yeah, you can, you can, but, but I don't know. I, I, I think the jury's out on Nathaniel Hackett. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not on board with this tremendously. Yeah, yeah this is going to be a, a great hire. Yeah. So. I, I really, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. On uh, I, I, I hope it's a good hire. That's what I hope. Uh, we're going to go to break. Coming up next, uh, we're going to get to know the right-hand man of Andy Reid. Offensive quality control, offensive analyst Porter Ellett uh, is uh, going to be joining us. Uh, he, he got a, himself a Super Bowl ring. What is it like being side-by-side with the legendary Cougar Andy Reid, uh, Super Bowl champion now, two-time Super Bowl champion Andy Reid. We'll discuss it with Porter Ellett coming up next. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 